Hello, everyone, and welcome to Divulgence. I am Jordan Vezo, and I'm so happy for you to be here. I have some wonderful guests, as always, to talk about some interesting things. So to get the ball rolling, let's introduce them. My first guest is an author of many great books, including one that we will be referencing today, his best-selling Hidden History, an Exposé of Modern Crimes, Conspiracies, and Cover-Ups in American Politics. He also writes some excellent blogs that I will include in the episode descriptions. Please help me welcome Don Jeffries. Hey, Don, how are you, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me, Jordan. Good to be here. Good, thanks. Thanks for coming back. I'm so excited for you to be here. Our next guest is an author, filmmaker, investigator, whose recent book, Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angles, Adam Often, and the Slaughter of the Innocents, is available now. He is also host of his own podcast called William Ramsey Investigates that I am personally addicted to right now. So please check that out. I will also include his information in the episode description. Everyone, please welcome back William Ramsey. Hey, William. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me back, Jordan. Great to be with you again. Good, thanks. I'm doing great, and I'm so happy for you to be here as well. Thanks. So today we are going to dabble through the U.S. presidents and some of the stuff that is uh, quite unknown to the general public. This is kind of the stuff that you guys specialize in. You guys have a, a lot of experience and writing experience on these topics. I thought you guys would be the best gentlemen to bring in to discuss it. So, I mean, there's so much to discuss today. I'm sure we'll jump around all over the place, but I guess the easiest place may be to start with the Clinton machine, as William has dubbed it. So Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, obviously Bill Clinton was president at one point, and him and Hillary have had their positions in politics for quite a long time, and they've made their rise to power with a lot of bodies lying in their path. So one that might be good to start the ball rolling would be Vince Foster. Firstly, just want to shout out to Norm MacDonald, who had a hilarious bit that he did with the weekly update with Bill Clinton and Vince Foster. He caught a lot of heat for it, but he, he just kept going, and it was it was hilarious. So if you can still find those uh, videos on YouTube or anywhere, definitely check those out. Cause... It's interesting, Jordan, because I downloaded one video. Maybe I can send it to you. Okay. Or, uh, but it is of Norm MacDonald. I think he's on The View. See if you get yes, that, that and that video, yeah. the one with yeah. him on the view is just yeah. hilarious because yeah. they're just they're just trying to calm him down and, and he's just he's just he having a great stop. he's just he having a great stop. time with it. Yeah, and he's just he's hammering the point because yeah, yeah I mean he just keeps saying using pretty graphic words, but it is uploading yeah. right now. It's about seventy five percent done. But I would recommend putting that in just to kind of honor his passing into the next one world you know i think that these comedians really end up turning out to be the most honest i think just because they're the comedians so they really can get kind of get things across can you play that so i try these words are uh, droll sarcastic controversial hilarious well those are some of the words that are used to describe norm mcdonald's character on his sitcom norm but as you will see in this clip people may think twice before they use the words smooth or charming. <laughs> Take a look. Hey, hey, Lori. Hey, look, I can see your underwear. <laughs> You're supposed to see them. Uh, yeah, that's a little desperate, isn't it? <laughs> I'm playing tennis with Shelly. You're playing tennis with Shelly? Yeah. Hey, I have an idea that would even be more fun for you. 
If I played tennis with Shelly, well, you, I don't know what you do, who cares? <laughs> and in spite of that, please welcome Norm McDonald. <laughs> What's up, man? Okay, Norm, you're Canadian. Yes, I am. So what do you think of this whole presidential yes, mess? Yes, he is. Uh, well, I, I hope that the Democrats don't steal the election from the, the winner, you know, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you like George Bush, don't you? I love George Bush, man. He's a good man, decent. You know, none of this. Hey, Georgie. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's not a, a liar, or crook, murderer, or anything like that, so it would be good to get the... See, I, I don't. I think we should get the homicide out of the White House and get like a, a, a fresh start because we don't want any more murderers. I think no, we, we should just go on to the next question. Oh. Murderers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clinton he murdered a guy. Yeah, you know we're not allowed. No, you're not allowed no, to put out no, 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 He murdered a guy. Let's just let's just go on to the next question. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is not my week. What can I tell you? Oh, it's not mine either. And I'm being very nice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> be a good boy. Now, Norm. Do you never hear that? No. Norm, we don't need I don't to want to get into this, and I don't want to hear it, and this is not the place to make those accusations. And you're supposed to be funny. Oh. Let's get on, baby. There you go. This is a live show. Not Norm, but you have been properly chastised by Barbara. Oh. So I'm not going to ask the next question. I thought it was a matter of record. Shut up. Shut up. Look, hey, let me do this, OK? okay. You will not be invited back if you don't show up. All right, now. Let's talk football. All right, man. Man slider. Oh, no. Norm, did you ever hear the word? Oh, the phone is ringing. I certainly hope that somebody called to tell you to go home. Oh, no. Did you get a phone ringing? Oh. Hello? Norm, listen. Not only have you annoyed us, <laughs> but that I read that you have, you have actually annoyed one of your idols. Who is that? Oh, the great Bill Cosby. Yeah, what'd you do? Oh, my God, I love that guy. He's my hero, you know, just like you. Maybe George or uh, Bill Clinton would be your hero. <laughs> I, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> what's stopping you, isn't it? No, you seem to like Bill Clinton. Really? And this man leads into all show on Friday night. I know. It's all right. His career is over after this. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> Go ahead, Norm. No, Bill Clinton, who's a great man, obviously. You know, everybody has their opinions, right? Mm -hmm. Are you moving along? No, Bill Cosby. Well, Bill Cosby is a great man, first okay. of all. There has never been any accusations toward Bill Cosby <laughs> about any... Will you just tell what you did, Bill Cosby. That aged well. I, I met him. I, I opened for him at a club, and he was a great man. You know, he's my hero of all time. You know how funny Bill Cosby. Yeah. Is, so right? get to the point. <laughs> I'm going past menopause. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. Make Not everything has a point. That's great. Yeah. yeah shout out to shout out to Norm Macdonald as. Uh, as a great man, as a Canadian, as a comedian, I'm a huge, huge comedy fan, and I'm Canadian, so I mean, I saw a lot of that guy growing up, and.
yeah, it's, he's hilarious. But yeah, back to the, the Vince Foster case. William, I know that you have a little bit of experience about that that ordeal. So do you mind sharing some of that with us? I mean, it was pretty, pretty much an ordeal. So I think he was found. Clinton got into power in 92. And then Vince Foster, six months later, who was the, I think, the deputy counsel for the White House, got found in Fort Marcy Park, declared a suicide. But he was working and left at lunch and supposedly got depressed and drove out to some remote park and walked to the very back of the park and then shot himself. And there's just all of the, you know, all the facts and everything like that associated with that whole thing is all baloney. I mean, he was found laying in a different way. He had a blood pattern. They found like a ripped up suicide note in his briefcase later. Then somebody had rifled through all of his stuff. He was involved in Whitewater, which was kind of a real estate scandal having associated back in arkansas in what way was he involved in in whitewater it's been a while but i'm pretty sure that there was some issues regarding these plots of land and whether they were i think it was either being used for money laundering or they were just being used illegally or something like that and so there was a big scandal about that it was right around the snl crisis it's a long time ago. That's like 30 years ago. So I think that they were involved in that. And there was a guy who suspiciously died in jail who was over that, whose name I can't remember now. But anyway, Vince Foster, that was really it. And, you know, it's deemed, it still is deemed a suicide. But he was, he was probably murdered with a lot of other people. He seemed to be kind of a straight shooter and seemed to want to do the right thing. He's a talented guy. And uh, he was just one of many of these kind of like, Deaths that happen. Really good book about that, which is a totally suppressed book. It's called Partners in Power. It was written by a guy who used to work with um, Henry Kissinger. And that book okay. was pretty much suppressed. Yeah, if you can find Partners in Power, I can't remember the author's name right now, but it really covers a lot of the early stuff and a very kind of an academic, you know, somebody who's intelligent, like it wasn't, you know, conspiratainment type stuff. Like he really looked at a lot of the details surrounding a lot of the stuff that was going on in Arkansas. Mena. Just all kinds of criminality. Arkansas was always criminality. But yeah, that's just one of one thing that I worked on that case. I worked with John Clark, who I just had on. And we talked about that. It was 25 years ago. I was the one who kind of delivered everything. There was an addendum. It's called the Clark Addendum to the Star Report. Kenneth Starr, the same one who represented Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, his kind of sidekick. Actually, there was a guy by the name of Michael Rodriguez who quit out of disgust because he sensed a cover-up. And then who took his place but Brett Kavanaugh. And so, you know, that was kind of a, it's kind of like one of those things. And clearly everybody in D.C. just shut up about it and clammed up. But it's just one of those other, many, among many suspicious things that have happened all around their career. I mean, even Bill Clinton himself is suspicious. Like, that's not even his real name. He took his name of his stepfather. Sure. There's all kinds of questionable things about his background but brett kavanaugh i think when they when he was trying to get on the supreme court there was a personal there's a personal gripe between the democrats of the left against him for putting if you really want to have a bad day you can look at what brett kavanaugh put in the footnotes to the star report but uh, pretty graphic actually very i would say pretty pornographic a lot of the stuff that wasn't put out in the public about lewinsky he didn't have a problem publishing in those footnotes wow so I can see why they would not be happy about him. But yeah, so it's just one of those long, you know, stories about the, what is the Clinton body count and all these other things. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just really been a long arc and really is symptomatic of people who run our country are very corrupt. And it's kind of like an odd way that the way that the American public kind of looks at their political leaders. It's very strange how tolerant they are to to their behavior. It's really amazing. Well, hey, we just reelected uh, Trudeau, so. Supposedly. And who knows about the elections these days? We well, yeah, I mean. So, yeah. Supposedly, the news is Orange County. Yeah, Newsom won Orange County, which is stalwart kind of right-wing Republican by 52 to 47. And that's where it kind of a lot of the recall stuff came out of. So that was just crap. So we're actually, yeah, we're clearly not a free country anymore. No way. The U.S. is not free. And I think that's probably the trend world globally is to have these kind of counting, you know, electronic counting systems put into wherever they want. And and Bill, you so you were working in Washington. Yeah, uh, I was in Washington going at to that time during the I, Vince Foster I, I, thing. And you had mentioned that you were the one who had handed out, you brought the addendum around to the the, the congressmen or the senators or was so it was also the senator senatorial offices and the congressional offices. So okay. I, that was kind of just the way to just to make sure that they had received it. So I was the one who personally handed it. To someone, you know, I walked in, I mean, it's just another story, but it was Arlen Specter's office I went into. I still remember that very vividly because he had kind of like this brag wall of all of his pictures, but they were, they went down so far, like of your standard kind of brag wall, but his pictures were all close, very close to each other. So he had like 40 pictures, very close and all the way down the wall of him shaking hands with important people. And he was really the guy who put out the single bullet theory. So that probably earned him his bones. But that was one place I went to. I went into the the senator who preceded Obama. I handed one right directly to Senator Levin of, of Michigan. So, I, I mean, I'd been around. Yeah, I mean, I knew people who worked on the Hill. So I was always around the Hill all the time. And I actually worked on the Hill, too. So that was not, that was not a pro. you know, that wasn't something unusual for me. Because I was always going to D.C. and traveling and. I lived right across from in Roslyn, right across okay. Bridge, right off from Georgetown. So, you know, I was definitely around there. But I, I was, well, I was within a year of being in D.C., I was like, I got to get the hell out of here, man. I do not want to stay in D.C. This is a caught on quick. And... What's that? You caught you caught on quick. And well, uh... I think a lot of people do. And the people who stay, I think, are a lot different than the people who leave. So it's kind of you kind of see there were other tons of we used to joke about all the people falling off of, of apartment buildings and really deciding to commit suicide or, you know, these, there was a lot of strange things going on there. A lot of real power games. And uh, yeah, it was really something else to see it from the inside. A lot of conversations about money laundering, bank accounts in Switzerland and Luxembourg, you know, you just like, that's what people de- deal with. So there's all kind. there were all kinds of Really questionable activities taking place, and you kind of see it from the inside. You see the kind of corruption from the inside. But I was so naive. I was just a definitely provincial. I had no idea. I believed everything that was in, you know, textbooks and things like that. So I, I didn't really have. And you have to say, remember, this is pre-internet, so you sure. didn't have access for alternate, even an alternate story, an alternate narrative. You just had the governmental narrative about everything. So. But, I mean, you, the Clintons is one story, but you can go back to look at LBJ. Guy was a flat-out serial killer, man. Guy, I mean, they don't ever talk about him. But he, I think there were like seven dead bodies around him even before JFK. 
and he had a hitman. His name was uh, Mac Wallace. Mac Wallace. Yeah, so Mac Wallace even had, a, I think he had his sister killed. LBJ did. And so that's even before, and LBJ, like one of the weirdest things about him is that he was a total power monger, but decided not to run again. I think it was in 68 or something. So he just quit. Like, how did you, why do you quit when you are that type of person? And he died fairly close after that, if I remember. But like, that guy was a literal kind of, I think Roger Stone has this quote about him. I'm going to read it here. It's just an incredible story. I mean, because Roger Stone wrote The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ in 2013, I think it was. But this is what Roger Stone wrote. He says, quote, Lyndon Johnson as a psychopathic serial murderer is not a pleasant topic to think about for establishment liberals. We like to think of him as a belated champion of civil rights, voting rights, and a slew of great society programs. In fact, acknowledging the JFK assassination for what it was, a coup d'etat, is discrediting to the narrative of the United States as a beacon of democracy, freedom, and justice, as well as a place that is morally superior to banana republics and third world dictatorships. Establishment conservatives, just like the liberals, choke on that bone in unison. Jeez. So anyway, so I mean, you, we can go like all the details about about Vince Foster, but I mean, what happens in D.C., a lot of people don't know, is a lot of these guys, they will go in with each other and pay for an apartment so they can take their mistress and something like that. So they don't have to see them at home. So they will go to someplace for lunch, have a drink, bring their, you know, mistress or something like that. And the suspicion is that's what how they got Foster is that they got him there. And um, that was it. And I've interviewed other people on it. I've interviewed other people who've written books about that. But they speculated that there was a big meeting about a week before he died that took place at a rich guy's house, who I can't remember right now, outside of Maryland. And they think that that may have been like the decision where people went, Foster's got to go. He's not on the team, you know. Don, I know, I know your book speaks to to Vince Foster and the Clintons. I can't remember if it speaks to Whitewater or not. But what's what's your take on generally? What, just to get to kick it off, what's your what's your take on the the Clinton body count? I mean, I've read your book, but for our well, listeners, I call the Clinton presidency conspiracy central, and I think it's uh, you know the, the most obvious body count of them all. And as uh, William mentioned, uh, LBJ had a body count, but you know, I in my book Crimes and Coverups in American Politics, 1976, 1963, which is the prequel to this, right. it was written after Hidden History. I talk about the body count. FDR had a pretty impressive body count. Truman had a body count. Kennedy didn't, you know, obviously, and uh, LBJ had a really impressive body count. And then you know Nixon, yeah. A little, some people associated with Watergate, and uh, Jimmy Carter didn't, but certainly Clinton and both Bushes and Obama have all. Trump can't find a body count for him, but all those other presidents have. But the Clintons are number one, and uh, Vince Foster is the number one, the crown jewel of the Clinton body count. And what what I talk about a lot, just and I don't know if this is one of what I call calling cards. I'm, I'm fond of saying that the people that do these things like to advertise to the public that they're doing it. And because they know no matter how obvious they make it, that uh, very few people, only the most awake people will pay attention to them. So it took me for years, uh, many years of investigating the JFK assassination before I finally realized, you know, I'm talking about this magic bullet and the pristine condition and how it was identical to a bullet shot in cotton wadding. And this is the bullet they planted. So as I think, you know, finally dawned on me, why, why would sophisticated conspirators plant a bullet that looked like it didn't hit anything? 
You know, why wouldn't you at least shoot it into something, you know, make it look like it hit something? They clearly didn't. So that was what I call a card. They wanted, they wanted them. And Vincent Salandria talked about that, one of the critics I most admire. And he, he kind of independently thought that before I did. And another big calling card would be the magical passport of Muhammad Atta that floated down on, on top of the rubble. Everything else is obliterated, but his passport somehow survived. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it is ridiculous. So what I think what maybe another calling card with Vince Foster is the Secret Service memo uh, that came out and, and described how Vince Foster's body was found in his car. And this is the Secret Service saying this. Now, could they make a mistake like that? I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to be, you know, ha have uh, uh, trust in someone investigating anything and made a mistake that basic. But again, I prefer to think maybe this is another calling card because no one pays attention to it. I don't even know if Christopher Ruddy or Ambrose Evans Pritchard really talked much about that when they wrote their books. Ruddy's book sold pretty well, and Evans Pritchard investigated it uh, along with some other uh, things in the, the book. He wrote a pretty good book about Bill Clinton scandals. But so what does that mean? I don't know, but I, th I think it's, you know, it's, it's an indication that they maybe they like to play. It's like Jack the Ripper, you know, sent letters, you know, taunting letters to the police. And I think they're pretty much maybe they have some of the traits and psychopathic traits and they enjoy doing this. But I think that and I talked to uh, Linda Tripp during the writing of, uh, of Sid in History and had a long conversation with her. Very, very nice lady. And uh, I always felt sorry for her because the way she was treated by the press, it's, you know, John Goodman impersonating her on Saturday Night Live was just, you know, reprehensible. And she told me, you know, how do you think my kids felt seeing that? You know, she had young kids at the time and everything about her was misrepresented. She was old enough to be Mona Lewinsky's mother. And uh, so she said, you know, I wasn't her gal pal. And they looked like I betrayed somebody. She said, I feared for her. I didn't want her. She said that all of the girls in that office, they're all, all, they all talked about the Clinton body count all the time. They knew about it. And uh, it was common knowledge, and they kind of feared it. And when Lewinsky, she, I guess, knew what Lewinsky is doing, she kind of, she tried to warn her, hey, you know, this body count going on. Do you, do you really want to get involved in this? And so she recorded their conversations for her own protection, but that's been completely misrepresented. She had every right to do that, and she was really, in her own way, a whistleblower. But, you know, you see how we treat all whistleblowers. So, but, you know, Vince Foster's death certainly was the crown jewel there. But, you know, it was used like, for instance, Jerry Parks, who was Clinton's head of Governor Clinton's uh, head of the, his for, security force there, a police force in Arkansas. When he heard about Vince Foster's death, he, you know, he said in front of his family, I'm a dead man. I'm next. You know, and of course he was, you know, it wasn't long after that he was driving, you know, the, the way that so many people die, you know, driving along and you know, on a road and somebody, some mysterious car comes by and opens gunfire and kills him. And then later, as I understand, I, I had to try to look for an update on this for Hidden History 3 because I'm writing that now. Um, it, it, it looked like they tried eventually to pin the murder on, on Parks' son, which was ridiculous. And I don't, I don't know if they ever prosecuted him or not, but that's the last I read about it. I have to, because, you know, it, so and these things... They, there's a domino effect. There are other murders associated with these events. Another, probably the only rival to Vince Foster and the Clinton body count is are the boys on the tracks, Kevin Ives and Don Henry. That you know that was on Unsolved Mysteries years ago. That's where I first learned about it. I didn't even really associate it with Clinton then because they really didn't. But I got to be friends with Linda Hayden Ives, who was the only parent involved. Who she pushed and pushed and pushed for decades tried to get her on my show. She always had health problems. And unfortunately, she passed away earlier this year. And then like two months later, her daughter died. And I'm still trying to figure out under very murky circumstances, 
and I can't really get anybody to tell me exactly what happened, but they're saying medical malpractice or something. I don't know. Certainly was was way too young to die about that. But she described, and I, you know, <clears throat> I quoted from her email to me in the book where, you know, she talked about deaths I didn't even know about. I mean, there were just a slew of young people that knew her son and, and Don Henry and that died and just, you know, all unnatural. Every one of them unnatural. Motorcycle accident, shooting, you know, suicides, the typical stuff. It's just if you look at that, there it no one could possibly outside of organized actual organized crime, and even organized crime doesn't kill that many. They're kind of selective, you know. If they have, they have a problem with a you know a rival gang leader or something, they take him out. They don't necessarily you know take all his friends out and all, and you know, they don't they don't go after children. They actually have more principles than these people. They actually have some kind of scruples where you know we're not going to do that. We're not going to. But these people have no scruples and. Just look at the body count for that one particular incident alone. And, and keep in mind that all, it wasn't a planned political hit. These boys were out getting high. There was like 15, 16 years old. They were out on, a, on a hot summer night. They were deciding to go out and smoke some pot. And they happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time where there was a drug drop. And Dan Harmon, who was uh, Bill Clinton's, uh, one of his big thugs down there that was kind of overseeing this drug operation. He, you know, he had this, you know, People think he's the one that ordered it. And then, of course, later there was a uh, – I can't remember her name. <clears throat> Maybe William does, but she was a uh, – she turned against him and reported all this, and he had her thrown in prison for, uh, I think, I don't know, 10 years or something. Just because I can't remember her name. But So there, there are these things. And, of course, you had the Barry Seal thing, you know, because this was all related to Mina. You know what happened to Barry Seal? And then there's Barry Seal's aide, you know, who's, who's his secretary or something that I, I describe all this in, in his, Hidden History, who was, who was found, you know, shot to death at her hotel room with a pillow over her head. Or something. I mean, normal people don't die like this. So it's it's undeniable. And this, you know, the body clan goes, account goes right through Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. You know, you had people like that guy, the the black guy that was going to testify against him or something that dropped the barbell on his throat while he's working out and crushed his crushed himself to death. I mean, who dies like that? Don't you have spotters? I mean, but in, in with the Clinton people, they do. And he, even things like Kathleen Willey, who was um, we mentioned Roger Stone earlier. It's amazing the way these, these people I, I don't understand what the way their minds work. But Kathleen Willey was the strangest of all of uh, Bill Clinton's uh, the people that he you know harassed. I don't, she had a real chip on her shoulder and she was never nice to me. And she hated Roger Stone for some reason. And that she, she started hating me because Roger Stone wrote the forward to Hidden History, the paperback verse. And I, I tried to, I said, you know what? Roger Stone wrote a book, The Clinton's War Against Women, where he made you guys out to be, you know, heroes. And so, and she wouldn't tell me why. She just said he's horrible. I hate him. So I, I don't know what he could have done. But at any rate, you know, her, her original sexual harassment, and again, it ties in Linda Tripp as well, because Linda Tripp was her witness that saw her walking out of the White House, the Oval, the, the Oval Office, with her lipstick askew and her hair all messed, very flushed, and like something had happened. But she had gone there to ask for a, a job for her husband, Ed Willie, who was a uh, big-time donor to the Clintons. And unbeknownst to her, at the moment she went there, he was already dead. His body was in the woods. You know, again, who, who, these, these are wealthy people. Really, they, they go in the woods to die. I mean, ridiculous. But so the, if you look at these things, it's it's uh, and I understand why you see the way Barbara Walters reacted with Norm Macdonald just simply bringing that up. It's a hysterical, emotional reaction. And you see it now with other things, obviously, because everything's controlled now by emotion with identity politics. But 
that was one of the first. It really it, it struck a chord them. Oh, how dare you, Brit? Don't oh, you know, it immediately censored. Don't you dare bring it up. They have no curiosity about this at all, because they don't want to go there. And uh, because to peel back these layers, because you know, Bill Clinton's, you know, he's a, he's a smooth psycho. You know, he's got that smile, and he's, but he's a horrible person. I and mean, you know, I, I compare him often to, to John F. Kennedy because people say he was a womanizer. And even if I believed all the tales about Kennedy, I think they've been greatly exaggerated. Because the same people that killed him and lied about his death are the ones that promote these theories to try to diminish him and say, well, you know, he wasn't he wasn't really worth anything. Anyhow, the guy's a reckless womanizer. And, you know, who, who cares? Right. He was, he, but but he's also dying, by the way. They, at the same time, they're telling you he had he had part, he had um, Addison's disease so badly that he was on death's doorstep. He wasn't qualified to be president, but somehow he was able to have sex with hundreds of women every day and still look like he was kind of running the country. So it was an amazing uh, how all this worked out at the same time. But Kennedy was accused of having sex with people like Marilyn Monroe and Angie Dickinson, these movie stars. They were at the, his same power level. He had no power over them. Bill Clinton was this really despicable creature who, uh, the Paula Joneses of the world, this was a lowly secretary or receptionist, whatever she was. He's the governor of the state. And those are the people that I, I, I don't blame JFK or the Kennedys for, you know, having sex with people in their class, and, which is what they typically do. Bill Clinton did not do that. He, you know, he, he's famously, you know, pick up women at McDonald's and, and things like that. And he, and he had that, that black woman that he had the kid, apparently, Danny Williams. So if you look at him, he looks like a black Bill Clinton. He looks, you know, and the, and the poor kid can't get any. Roger Stone tried to help him out, too, but he can't get anywhere on his lawsuit. But. So there's there's just a, a whole can of worms there when you open up with the Clintons because it's a it's a combination of of you know sophisticated political murders but and you know again there's again the connections are everywhere people another subject that I explored in history that people haven't explored is for instance they talk about with the boys on the tracks and a, a lot of these other issues they had uh, the court there he is <laughs> the black Bill Clinton the the boys on the track there was the uh, the the coroner, Fahmy Malik, who was right. incredibly corrupt. Everybody in the public knew him. And he, he had, you know, he had done things. He, he had so many absurd rulings on deaths, but he had good reason to be. The Clinton kept uh, promoting him and giving him raises because he had helped cover up his mother's crimes. Bill Clinton's mother was an anesthesiologist nurse who was apparently responsible for at least a couple deaths. And Fahmy Malik helped sweep that under the rug. Uh -oh. So, and, you know, they got a little tiny bit of play in the media, but. You know, just imagine if Donald Trump's mother had done that. I think it would have gotten some publicity. So clearly it's just for people to sweep this under the rug. There's so much, you know, whitewater. There's a file gate, travel gate. I mean, there were so many scandals. And that's why I say Hillary Clinton, because because she was there then and all the way up through running for president as well. These are people that are uh, career criminals. I mean, they, they, they represent what we think of when we think of the swamp and the deep state. Uh, but they're untouchable. And the fact that, you know, you see what happened when somebody like Norm Macdonald, a popular comedian, comes up and just barely mentions it. Oh, he's just, how dare you? And that's that's where we are. I mean, we can't, so the, these, but these, William mentioned Rodriguez, I think that guy that was eventually, he was a liberal Democrat. And I got into arguments with people, again, there's a lot of people in the JFK assassination research community that understand that conspiracy. But they certainly won't go there to hear, oh, my God, that's terrible. You know, what, how dare you say there's no such thing as a Clinton body count? And I said, well, look, this guy was a liberal Democrat. He wasn't Jerry Falwell. He wasn't anybody that, that hated the Clintons. And for that matter, neither was Linda Linda Hayden Ives. And she told me, we, you know, we weren't we, we weren't really political. You know, we weren't like Republicans that hated Clinton or anything. They just 
experience the corruption firsthand because their child tragically died because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I think that we need to keep that in mind that these are, and you know, when I talked, I've, I've talked to some of them, Linda Tripp, and these are real people that are impacted by that. In the case of Linda Eyes, she spent decades trying to get at the truth. She ended up dying, heartbroken, I'm sure. And there's a guy, I can't remember his name. She tried to introduce me to him. He's got a former wrestler. I don't know if you heard about it, William, that came out and uh, maybe a couple of years ago and said he had all these more details about what happened that night or something with uh, Dan Harmon and everything. And he, he was willing to talk. He disappeared. I, I have still haven't been able to look. And he was, a, like I said, he was a minor celebrity. He'd been yeah, something he well in, known, in WWE. Yeah, I know you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to the guy. So that's, that's the, you know, that's the world that we, and certainly Patrick Knowlton, you can talk more on is a guy that, you know, whose life was completely disrupted by this. And, uh, you know, again, tragically died before his time. But the, the Clinton list of cases, you said LBJ had a slew of bodies and he did, but the, the, the pile of bodies behind both Bill and Hillary Clinton is, uh, you can't match it. I don't think any of the, all the others put together probably can't come up to the uh, body count. I remember somewhere, somebody wrote something about just the, the ruined lives and wrecked people in the wake of the Clinton machine, you know, they yeah. just ruthlessly destroyed people who got in their way and any all the way. And I think it really, I think it really plays back to Hillary Clinton. I think all everything led up to her 2016 run. I think that yeah. she was pretty much the mind behind them both. I mean, I think Bill Clinton had a front thing, but I think that she was actually uh, she, she, much stronger mentally than he was. Oh, and she, I mentioned the guy that dropped the barbell on his throat. And there were two others. There was one that pushed or jumped, was jumped out in front of a train, an Amtrak, right. uh, and, and another guy was, I think, 39, that was the guy that was uh, the lawyer for Bernie Sanders that was uh, presenting a petition, you know, <laughs> protesting the overt fraud. And I think he dropped out of a heart attack at 39 or something. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, they, they were yeah, still there, was, just uh, like you saw in Arkansas. Warren died. I think I can't remember what his name was in 2016. Then obviously it was uh, Rich, right? No, uh, Seth Rich, is the, he's probably the crown jewel for her. And, and that's another one where you, you mentioned his name. Look, look at Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity tried for the only time that I know of actually do a half-ass investigation of that on his show. And actually brought on some witnesses on, and and he was he almost lost his job for doing it. And the the rich family, much like Gary Webb's family and all these other, they they don't want the truth, and and they I don't understand that. Why wouldn't you want to know? But they they you even talk about it. No, we're going with the D.C. police never investigating and never solving it. We're we're going with that. We like that. I mean, would you be satisfied with that? But they are. So obviously, people somebody paid them off. Yeah, very suspicious. All that stuff is suspicious. But I mean, if Rich, I mean, Assange pretty much admitted that it was Rich yes. took yep. the Podesta emails, and then everybody went through the Podesta emails and realized these guys are even more crazy than you think. They're into witchcraft and blood drain, blood, yeah. or blood rituals, or whatever. Hundreds uh, of references to pizza and pasta. <laughs> right, oh, all over, and it fit. I mean, it was through that that led to PizzaGate and. Yes. Santos and these weird stuff on Instagram and all the inside yes. stories. Yep. It was before Epstein. So these guys knew all about Haiti and all kinds of crazy stuff that went on. And just it's really kind of a new realm. It shows that aspect of our country where we're detached from its colonial Christian foundations generally to something much different now where if you're an insider, you're really above the law. They have to know that they're above the law. 
you know so that's the whole thing is like they know they can get away with these crimes easily yep yep so sorry william to just to back you up real quick just for those who aren't familiar with the seth rich case can you just give a quick rundown of who he was and 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 his death no seth rich i think it was 2016 i think it was not september i think it was earlier before the election so i think it was maybe august or june july where july. he was out late at night and he was drinking he seemed to be bar hopping headed home and then was shot and was taken to the hospital and there's just all kinds of conflicting stories like whether he was still alive at the hospital but it was only one bullet so he died but then they they kind of traced it back to what what he was doing well he was in the dnc he worked for the dnc and i think he was something like i can't remember what his job title was but i think he was doing something where he had access to the computer and the network and stuff like that and they think he was the one who took all and he was angry because he was a bernie bro and he was angry about how bernie got elbowed out which he did in the in the process and actually looks there was a thing in L.A. at 2016, where it looks like somebody punched him in the face. Like, literally, he had, like, a scar on his face. But, so, Rich was angry from Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, my hometown. And uh, he, you know, was probably, Assange kind of intimated, didn't say it specifically, but intimated that Seth Rich was the person who took the Podesta emails and gave it to WikiLeaks. And that just started off a whole thing. The The whole attack upon Assange was also built upon straw. It really was nothing. He supposedly raped or sexually, so they can't even define it. He, they supposedly assaulted these two Swedish women, and that was the whole thing of why he had to run to the embassy and stay there forever. He's really a political prisoner of the worst sort, and really sure. was a threat. He was a threat to really the New World Order. The same people who run the New World Order were um, people who went after him. And the whole story about the two women is total baloney. He was kind of like a rock star among that community, and those women whether they were plants or whatever, but I mean, he had, you know, a relation, you know, did what adults do. And then it got twisted that it was abuse and kind of absurd. But anyway, so he's a political prisoner, a modern political prisoner, and really was a threat. I mean, I think that uh, WikiLeaks was an incredible, incredibly powerful means where the rule by secrecy was, you know, that whole curtain was dropped where people knew that they could trust WikiLeaks to publish it and they never they had a perfect record of publishing authentic documentation and uh, I don't even know if they're really as as, as effective now that uh, Assange is gone I just haven't seen as many things but there were other kind of interesting stuff there was the series seven drops that came from the CIA that had interesting stuff about hot dogs too if you remember it was like 65 oh, Obama yeah. $65,000 worth of hot dogs delivered to oh them. is that where that yeah. came from <laughs> yeah that was a different, but it was a, it corroborated what was going on with the Podesta emails. So there was kind of similar weird, you know, you know, ter- terms that were clearly not real. You know, like somebody's using coded, coded language, for one reason or another. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was it. Assange, Rich, and really was an incredible time because I never really, I thought they had it fixed. I was really surprised when Trump won. I just was like, wow, something must have happened at the end. So, so that, yeah, so you just, the, but there's so much power and money at stake when you become president or you run the administration. People may not comprehend it, but it is the immense power really 
of a level that nobody in history has ever had. Trillions of dollars of the most powerful military with incredible administrative bodies. So if you become, I mean, it's the ultimate prize. So if you're a power monger, these things happen because you're playing power games, just like old Rome, you know, just be, trying to become the emperor. In some ways, president is kind of like a short-term emperor, just with that much power. And look at Bush, look at Bush Jr., what he pulled off in eight years. Yeah. The charts sacked two countries and all kinds of stuff, man. And they're always pushing the pushing the boundaries, so for argument's sake, their power just can kind of increase and increase because between, I guess, Bush and Trump and some of the stuff Biden's doing and, well, any of these presidents, really, they'll just push the envelope and then it becomes kind of somewhat status quo sometimes for the next guy. Yeah, Bush and- yeah, you have to remember how Rome was a republic, right? So it slowly degraded over time, and then you just had these emperors. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that could happen here. You know, I mean, I think that right now they're fixing these elections through the electronic means. So they're keeping their own people. The oligarchy is maintaining its power through these and really has probably for at least 20 years, uh, maybe 30 years. All those things were put into power to maintain oligarchical power that really exists above the, you know, binary Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative. And now, like when George Bush died, when George Bush died at what, 2018, George H.W. Bush, who shows up at the at the hospital? Bill Clinton. It's yeah, like he's over there smiling in the room. Buddies, yeah. Yeah, they're buddies. And the rumor is, is that Bush was his handler when he was in London for the, what is it? Uh, a Rhodes Scholar? Scholar. Yeah, when he was a Rhodes Scholar. So they go, they supposedly go way back. But he, I mean, something about Clinton himself, there's too much, there's something about him. He's not the same, he's not, the the father of him is not known. It's not Blythe and it's not Clinton. That's for sure. So something about him, he is a chosen one or something. He was either a Rockefeller or something where it's very strange for his mom to get this kid and all of a sudden show up in D.C. at um, Georgetown studying. It's just really strange. Like, I'm not saying he's a dumb guy, but he there's something of his trajectory that had something different. Like you go from there to Yale Law School, like really the one of the best law schools in the world, and somebody's been watching over him for his whole life in a weird way. I don't know. Well, you, you look at the the famous photograph of him uh, shaking hands with the President Kennedy as a uh, I guess a teenage boy. I mean, and I've wondered about that. Like, who took the picture? <clears throat> Did they take pictures of every one of the scouts? Or was he just, cho- you know, because and then, of course, even more notably in the early 1970s, a very young Bill Clinton, who really had just started out in politics. He wasn't anywhere near. I don't think he was old enough for elective office, but he was already in the loop. He was he was in a position to to drive Hale Box, who was the closest thing that the Warren Commission had to a dissenting member. He drove Hale Box to the airport. Now, I was reminded that technically he didn't drive him to the flight to oblivion because he took a, a, a flight from there and then a, a transfer to a flight which disappeared. But still, he drove him to the airport for the final time. And I think it should be questioned as to how this really obscure guy 
got in a position to write. Hale Boggs was, you know, a longtime representative, notable father, the father of Cokie Roberts. You know, these people are all related to each other and they just perpetuate themselves. But, you know, how did he get in a position to do that? And of course, Boggs disappears. Bodies never found. Planes never found. Along with the father of Nick Beckett, who if you if you watch Alex Jones has him on a lot, his son. His father was on that flight with with Hale Box as well. So, uh, you know, people look at history and they uh, I, people just don't know history. And they look back and see the strange connections that are there. And William mentioned LBJ. You know, LBJ had the, this guy, Mac Wallace, who maybe was his personal hitman. I don't know. Certainly seems to have killed a lot of people, including a guy that was, you know, investigating some shenanigans in the agriculture department. And there were deaths associated with that. There were two, it's kind of like the Ives and Henry deaths. There were two or three others that were killed because of their connection to the original killing. And then, as you mentioned, there are people that believe, now Roger Stone is one of them, that LBJ had his own sister, Josepha, killed. Now, in that regard, I guess he'd be number one in terms of, you know, that's pretty beyond the pale, having your own sister silence. But And where, but, where did Bill Clinton get his start in politics? I think he, he was in the 64 campaign for LBJ yeah, in yeah. I think Texas. So he Absolutely. Was, yeah. And LBJ was the, was the, the, uh, the protege of FDR. FDR loves Roosevelt, and of course, FDR, you know, again, you're not going to get anywhere else, but, it, you know, it, it, my crimes and cover-ups, I talk about some of the people that died when he was in office, and one of the guys, and I kind of can't remember, I think his name was Shaw, but I, I had never heard of the guy before, and uh, he was a representative, a member of the House, Democrat, but I think he was a Democrat, but he was a really vicious critic of FDR, and I, I published some excerpts from the letters that he wrote to FDR, you know, just accusing him of controlling the media and all the, you know, all these horrible things, you know, making great accusations against him. This guy died while walking across the George Washington Parkway, pedestrian. He was struck and killed. Now, if you've been to D.C., obviously William has, you know, it's a pretty, pretty busy thoroughfare, historical thoroughfare. Congressman ride back and forth on it. My question was, first of all, why was a congressman, I can't just envision even then, why would they be walking across a busy thoroughfare like that? You know, wouldn't they be chauffeured around? But it becomes even more unbelievable when you know this guy was legally blind. I consider that. So, so to, to me, I think that's, you know, that's one of the ones that really sticks out to me because uh, he was, and of course, Huey Long, my hero, was probably his most, uh, the number one seed in his body count list because Huey Long was, I, I still think, the most incredible politician that ever lived and would have transformed this country. But uh, you can go again, you can read in my book, my book, Survival of the Richest, I devote a whole section to Huey Long. But uh, he he predicted his assassination from the Senate floor. You can still see it in the record in the, the Senate. He, he said, you know, they're plotting to kill me. They're going to do it. This was a month before they killed him. So these things are, and people talk about him. You go down even to things like, I guess it would have been on the Obama body count, the DC madam, Deborah Jean Palfrey, who went on Alex Jones. And famously said, I'm not going to kill myself. I would never kill, commit suicide. What happens? He kills himself. Epstein, you know, th- nobody believes Epstein killed himself, but, but and that's the official conclusion. So it's it's these things, and they there's nobody it's there. Happening. It's still going on. It goes back yeah. 50 years, yeah. It is. It, it doesn't stop, and it's... it's uh, it's amazing. That's why, you know, I when we talked about Norm Macdonald, I, I, people that know him and say apparently he really, he was legitimately sick. Just seems like a long time to be sick with cancer, nine years, and nobody knew. But I guess it's possible, but, you know. Well, I, he had a I, place I, of leukemia, so it's not okay, like okay. it's an overt tumor or something. It just blood doesn't, doesn't. Okay, well, I, I just, I just instinctively thought he just probably just got the vaccine, you know, like some of these others do, and they don't tell. So I would like to know what his vaccination status was. 
So would if, I. If, if he perhaps had this vaccine recently, and uh, sure. but you know, you're never going to. You can't ask that question either because uh, you know they say, "Oh, what are you talking about?" <laughs> right, but I mean, I mean, I think you make a good point about Epstein. It's still there's still these uh, suspicious things, and I'm kind of surprised. I mean, there was also Obama's. There were a couple gay guys from his past. Yes, yes, yes. He was a yes. dance club, and if yes. you remember, they had this club, gay club called Man's Club with a room 11, no less, yeah. Um, yeah. which I kind of keyed into. But Obama's yeah. background, he's uh, got a pretty wide spectrum of relationships, if you know what I mean. But yeah, And that's kind of probably how he's con- possibly controlled, you know. So, But that guy's background also is kind of like Bill Clinton. But also, so Bill Clinton goes to Yale. Uh, Hunter, Robert Hunter Biden goes to Yale Law School. Like that guy's a, yeah. Crackhead. He doesn't have the gravitas to actually get his way in there. So these, somehow, somebody's pulling strings, I suspect. Well, I, I want to keep an eye on uh, the guy that, the computer repair yeah. for that, the Hunter Biden laptop. I, I, I haven't heard much about him lately. <laughs> I'd like to check up on him because that's, he could be in danger. Let's put it that way. <laughs> For, for sure. What's the status on the laptop? Anyways, like, I mean, I know these stories, they just try to wash them out. and Nobody cares. What's Nobody, the status yeah, well, on Anthony Weiner's laptop? Where's that? Oh, well, that that's too. Good I stuff mean, too. <laughs> when, his, when Weiner's charge, he was making child pornography. It wasn't yeah. that he was looking at it. He was doing something with somebody <laughs> recording it. So he was had serious charge. I mean, I don't know how long he ended up in jail. But also, Hunter Biden, I mean... In my opinion, he's having a relationship with his niece, with his yeah. brother's daughter, fourteen or fifteen or whatever. Right. So and there, you know, the original heard that that he was raping. He was videotaped, and I think they do they do document these things for blackmail purposes. Because I don't know also why they do it, but that he was doc he was uh, videotaped raping a ten year old Chinese girl. Now is that true? I know that's what I heard was originally. Are you saying that that's in the that's in the um... Hunter Biden's laptop? That's what I had originally heard. Now, I saw a it, picture of him with somebody who looked like. Well, his niece definitely is, is there. Just the fact that she's uh, naked a lot, she's underage. That's supposed to be child pornography. But uh, again, they don't go there. And even like when Tucker Carlson covered it, when he was the only one covering it, he never went there. Right. He's it's never just, talked about that. The, I mean, anybody who thinks that yeah, Fox talks about the prostitutes is an idiot. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, but that's yep. such a joke. But oh, yeah, but he was. I mean, that guy's like a risk. Hunter was all over the place, and he is weird. Like he's not normal. He has very strange tattoos of these yeah. kind of lakes from upper part of upper part of he's New like York. He's like Billy Carter. They might have to eventually uh, get rid of him because he he he's somebody that could talk. I think you know because he's he's a crack addict. You know. Oh, and the other yeah, thing, he's compromised you, for sure. Do you know that he's admitted? Like this is something he said is that he was in a room and for 13 days all he did was smoke crack and drink vodka. That's what he said. And then he was rolling around on the floor thinking that there were kernels of crack down there. And he was trying to find that. That's the president's son. And the other thing is that his ex-wife was, I think, was saying, you're not allowed to be around the girl. I forgot her name, the 14-year-old girl anymore. Like there was a real series of texts that was going on. So, yeah. Well, then the the laptop was thrown in the trash or something by her, I think. I mean, there's there's so many elements to the story, but I, and I wrote I wrote a lot of articles about this for American Free Press. I write regularly for them, and you know this you're not going to find that stuff anywhere else. And I I still don't understand the Giuliani connection there because Giuliani obviously was it was goes way back to you know being part of the 9/11 cover up. But he he was very 
he went right up to the limits where he clearly was inferring the child pornography stuff. He didn't really come out and say it, but, you know, he's saying there's enough stuff on there to get him, you know, indicted for all these different crimes and everything. He knew it. But Julianne has now kind of disappeared, and his 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 career seems to be over. I don't. I mean, I I don't know what happened to the guy, but he's he's vanished from the scene. It appears. Good point. But I think that you can see the difference between the Assange twenty sixteen election and the twenty twenty election without Assange, where that the laptop stuff wasn't put out into a place where yeah. all the autists and researchers could go through it and really make those connections that. Other people really couldn't do like, I mean, I think that was really the open source element of WikiLeaks, which allowed people to really see cr incredibly crazy stuff, like really kind of Sodom and Gomorrah type stuff. And that didn't happen in the 2020 election. It didn't matter anyway, because the thing was fixed from the beginning. So right. uh, Trump right. was not going to win. So, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, we're in an incredible moment as a country right now. It's really off the chart. Oh, it is. And, and you know, we just kind of did to bring it full circle to Vince Foster again. So, again, tell you to tell you why anybody out there listening that, that thinks Donald Trump is still the answer. Just consider that uh, one of the things he would he would Trump would nibble around the edges at all the time, because if Roger Stone told me uh, when he first talked about how much he loved my book, he said, you're going to love Trump. He knows about all the conspiracies. That's exactly what he said. And so Trump would, you know, he would hint at it and he, he knew exactly how to go just far enough so that people like us would get it, but no one else would. But he never went details. And he talked about Vince Foster and he said, you know, some people think he was murdered. You know, some people don't believe that. And he mentioned that. And then what, who does, you know, who is the second Supreme Court nominee? Brett Kavanaugh, who led the cover up into Vince Foster's death for Kenneth Starr. And, you know. Nobody brings that up. Instead, they're arguing about that stupid woman they brought out of the woodwork talking about something that happened 40 years ago where she couldn't name the location or the date. You know, it's kind of hard to provide an alibi if you don't know the date and place of when it happened. But instead, they got lost in that. And nobody talked about the Vince Foster thing. But Trump would do that all the time. He would he would do that with Joe Scarborough in Hidden History. I think I'm the only one to write about that. And I tried to investigate that. His family will not talk about what happened. They're still there. I found out her sister's like a principal of a, some school. And I, I got the phone number and left a message for her. Never called me back, obviously. So they don't want to talk. And, and her if you remember, Trump, again, inferred he obviously knows about this, probably from talking to Roger Stone. Maybe Roger Stone quoted Hidden History to him for, for all I know. But he, he said, you know, how about that dead body in your, you know, he, he hinted at it just enough to really make Scarborough angry. And then if you remember, Lori Klosudis' uh, 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 widower, her, her husband, came out of the woodworks and uh, just blasted Trump. This is hurtful to my family. We don't want to talk. Of course, like all the families, they don't want to talk about it. They're the last thing they, I mean, if somebody in your family dies under suspicious circumstances, you should want to get at the bottom of it, but not if you're connected, unless you're someone like Linda Ives. That's why she was so unusual. Or Martin Luther King's family, who never, never rested on, on like the Kennedys did. They, you know, Coretta Scott King traveled across uh, a couple state lines at an advanced age to testify for James already to get a new trial. But most of them are like Gary Webb's family, who believes that he shot himself twice in the head. They actually believe that. There are, I mean, you know, I, I would just love to, okay, you really, you're satisfied with that, especially when you know the guy was talking about the death threats he was getting, Seth Rich's family. They go nuts over Sean Hannity doing a half-ass investigation. Oh my God, that's terrible. How dare you do it? And it becomes the Sandy Hook type thing. How dare you question anything? This is harassment. 
And that's where we are as a society now. So it may get to the point where we can't even talk about these body counts anywhere because right. it may be considered harassment. You know. It's true. I mean, we're there. Yeah, so it's really incredible. I mean, if you look at that whole arc of how many people have been mysteriously off, it's really, a, it's like a serial killing, like a five-decade yeah. serial killing. And then there was the uh, all the people that were killed around JFK, too, when he died. Absolutely, yes. What was, what was it? Belzer wrote that book, right? Hit List or whatever? Yeah, yeah Belzer yeah. and uh, David Wayne, my friend David Wayne, they, they co-wrote it. But, I mean, there's and, and there's so many things. Even I'll give you an example. People don't even know some of the deaths that are connected to the JFK assassination. And when I was a teenager, I, I got involved with Mark Lane, who was my hero, wrote Rush to Judgment. And I worked for his Citizens Committee of Inquiries, a teenage volunteer. And I was at his office one day, and he got a phone call from Hollywood from Freddie Prinze, who was the biggest comic at, at the comedian that in, the, in the world at that time. It was star Chico and the man, big stand-up comic. And he, afterwards, he came and talked to us and he, Mark Lane really opened up to all and said, you know, Freddie Prince has been calling him all the time and that he's obsessed with the JFK assassination. He just sits there and watches a Pruder film or he wants to do something to help. And so, and I, and John Barber, my friend, John Barber has said that uh, he interviewed Freddie Prince and he, he talked about the Kennedy assassination. He knew it. Well, that was probably, that was the end of 76. And Freddie Prince, I think, killed himself in January of 77, supposedly. But so when that happened, if I hadn't have been there at that office that day, when he committed suicide, I wouldn't have had any reason to link him to the JFK assassination. But what was very telling is back in those days before the internet, they always would come up with a, a lurid kind of a lifetime made for TV movie about these celebrities that died like that. So they made a movie, something like The Last Days of Freddie Prince. And of course, they just... Play as they would in the deaths of John Belushi. John Belushi, by the way, is another one was in the JFK assassination. And I'm still trying to find out exactly how much, but he definitely was. But Freddie Prince, you know, when they made this movie about his last days, I know for a fact, having been there that day for Mark Lane, that the one the one thing he was obsessed with in his last days was the JFK assassination. That movie never mentioned it, never touched the subject at all. Instead, just has him doing all the waving guns around and, you know, constantly snorting coke and just being you know rich, out of control crazy wild animal like the typical hollywood guys are so you know they can lie about that you know again how many how many other people that you know if i and i wasn't there to know personally had been so there's so many people sal minio is another one that you know was murdered very strangely and you know sal minio most people don't know about orson wells orson wells was uh, planning a big picture on sirhan sirhan and the rfk assassination wow. never was able to get it made really yes and sal minio was going to sal minio was going to play sirhan sirhan and uh, you know mur mysteriously murdered so i mean these 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 there's so many of these cases that that that, that come up the people that and i, I can kind of understand why the hollywood people see look what happened to oliver stone when he made our jfk i mean you know he was there's a there's a book you can read called JFK, the book of the film, and it's just filled with all the attacks on him. Some defense, there were very little defense, but there were a few <laughs> things written in his defense. But it's amazing to see how upset the entire media was over him making that film. Unprecedented. You know, Dan Rather, you know, editorialized three different times on CBS Nightly News before the film was released editorialized how irresponsible this was. This is outrageous. Never happened before. So 
they, who knows how many more there were, but I, that's just one example of one that, you know, most people wouldn't have known about that I know personally. And uh, again, I'm sure there are more. And so these, they, the body count that we know of is really when there's some kind of information about it. But there are, you know, who knows how many people that are working in big corporations or maybe they're working, uh, I don't know, the file room at the CIA or something, have some kind of government job and they come across some information they're not supposed to see. And they're just... Yeah, they have a car accident. They, uh, you know, they they kill themselves or whatever, drug overdose. Who knows how many times that happens? So I I I wouldn't doubt that the, when we're talking about the already long list of these body counts that for all these things that it's probably a lot longer than we could even imagine. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about it though. Yeah. Just just wanted to give a few minutes to Obama because he's one. He's another one that people seem to praise so much and think that you know he's done no wrong and you know just bringing up any evil that he's done people just scoff or like you said get offended so can you guys just tell us a little about are there any key gems that stick out in the obama body count i know there's been i mean i know he's killed when it comes to drone strikes and whatnot there's been tons of and bombing and whatnot but anything else that you guys can speak to well, I, I would one. I think one notable example, and it was uh, it involves Donald Trump, the conspiracy theorist. There was, uh, you know, all the controversy uh, back when he was, you know, before he uh, again after he got attained office, he just dramatically announced at a press conference, uh, you know, that Barack Obama was born in the United States. Period. You know, no explanation, nothing. And his his his, his, his cult just shrugged, you know. And but he uh, he tweeted out before this. Uh, I talk about this in hidden history. I can't remember the. Year, I, I don't know, maybe 2013 ish, something like that. But there was a woman who had certified the, the obviously forged birth certificate that they came up with to answer the the accusations that he wasn't born in the United States, and they came up with this ridiculous <laughs> forgery that that you know, fooled no one except the entire mainstream media. They had the worst forger ever. They could have found a 14 year old kid who knew food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the woman who certified it died in a plane crash and she was the only fatality and trump tweeted it out said very strange only one to go and, and of course he caught all kinds of hell for it this was candidate before he was a candidate i think and uh, so that one sticks out there was another one that uh, what was i can't remember what the connection was but the woman was i think related to somebody in his administration but and i had the details in hidden history uh, you, you might have remember it jordan but she something about she drove her car into her garage and it exploded i mean it was just again this way nobody nobody dies like that it just it just sounded so ridiculous i remember yep yeah and it's so there's there you know but but most of the Deaths around Obama seem to be related to his his curious history and i i was on a show the other night that were I was being challenged about this stuff and I was saying, look, you know, this is, I, I don't know, you know, for, for, you know, they're, they're, you know, some people believe Obama was created in a lab somewhere because he doesn't appear to have a history and that's, that should be questioned. You do, know, you know that nobody, do you know that nobody can tell a story of seeing him at Columbia? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the guy that, that taught a, a very big class there said, I told, I, I taught all the notable politicians that came through here. I don't remember Barack Obama. There's no, but that's the whole thing. Nobody can say, yeah, we lived together. Yes, I saw him in there. We went out for drinks. We, nobody can say anything because he wasn't there. Oh, and, 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 and then, right for it. Uh, yeah. another funny thing, sorry, one more thing, but I think he got, 
the head of the law review at Harvard without putting any work in. He was just granted to become the editor of the law, Harvard Law Review or something like that. Like, how did you get that? It's like another Bill Clinton thing. Like somebody's watching over you, make sure you're cleaned well, up. Well, he, def- he definitely was. But a- Andrew Breitbart's dead. You know, that's that was probably one of the more notable ones during the Obama administration, because this guy, you tell, I mean, again, I, and I'm not Breitbart news is like Fox news, really. I mean, they're not, they're, it's not like they're going that far, but Breitbart had a very, you know, it was just right before or after Michael Hastings of Rolling Stone made the same kind of another one. That's the Obama body count. He made, both of them made these conspiratorial declarations that, Hey man, I'm onto something big. And then Michael Hastings, Michael says, I'm going underground for a while. I'm on this a really big story, and then he runs his you know car to a, a tree at like 500 miles no, no, an hour. No, no, no. It ended. The car ended up at a tree. Yeah. His car exploded, and the yeah. engine block <laughs> yeah. and ended up on uh, Highland, yeah. right there at Highland and Merrill Melrose. Then the body came up to a tree. So yeah, that that one had uh, a lot of the the real rabbit hole elements to it too. I remember watching videos, and, and again, nobody but me comments on these things. But they had what I call elements that are completely out of place. And uh, they're almost Truman Show type things where for some reason the, 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 the fire department just didn't come for a long time to the scene. And but <laughs> this is no joke. This is the middle of the night. You had a rabbi in full regalia that I guess lived across the street or something. Well, that, came is, kind up, of, that is a Jewish uh, part of L.A. I'm yeah, well, he, he comes out with a huge hose and he's the only one fighting the fire. And it's like, wait, wait, what? What's wrong with this picture? It made no sense. But that was that was just something I remember. But Breitbart, he even more notably said, "Hey, look, I'm going to bust this. I'm going to finally. I, I got a video that's going to show exactly what was going on with Obama at Harvard. You know, this is this has got to be seen to be believed." And then he drops dead at forty or whatever, however, very young. Oh, drops dead like yeah, early forties, something like the next day. You know, on the street, and and then for good in measure, Brentwood in L.A. Yeah, nice part of town. Yeah, and then for good measure, the coroner dies mysteriously shortly thereafter. That. I think they and found then, out that cor- coroner was verified to have been poisoned. Yeah, they yeah, so, so, yeah. I mean, so these, this is again, this is this is beyond mafia stuff, and the the one the lead the witness who saw him die and described really he disappeared for a while. They took a lot that they had a pri- couple of private investigators. They finally found them, and it it didn't make any sense. Like they couldn't find his family for a while. So a lot of intrigue there, but. I saw that video. I don't know if you ever saw it, William, but because uh, I was interested, they they finally released what they said was a video. And if you watch that video, it can't be what he was talking about because first of all, it has no relevance at all, and it is the strangest video. It was a, a video about I can't remember the guy, some black radical that you know. Yeah, wasn't they, it white they, or whatever? Wasn't it supposedly his his pastor or whatever? I don't. Remember. Well, it was that was I can't. He's, he's kind of a. I can't remember that. I think he's an academic or something, but he was a black radical guy, typical, you know, full of, you know, racist talk against whites and everything. So, of course, Obama, young Obama gravitated to him. But Obama's the one that gave the speech talking about this guy. And if you watch it, the camera is almost never on young Barack Obama. I've never seen a film where the camera doesn't pan to the speaker. And instead, it goes over the crowd. It was Henry Gates. Maybe it was Henry Gates. I think that was his name. Um they go to they show him a lot mm. and they do briefly they'll show like from a distance but it's never clear enough because of course a lot of us want to see this young barack obama because we haven't seen too much of him and uh, it's very curious that now i don't know if 
maybe this was the tape and Breitbart had some, was going to say something like that. You know, why isn't it show Obama or something? I don't know. But it's just on the surface of it. It didn't seem like there was anything beyond that. But it was very, very curious tape. And if you could, I, I'm sure you can't find it now. But I remember watching it and just thinking, I've never seen a speech like that. You know, when you when you cover a speech, your camera's trained on the speaker. You might pan to the audience a few times, but most of the time it's going to be on the speaker. Not this time. It was the exact opposite. It was on the audience almost all the time. And they panned to the speaker briefly here and there. So whatever it was, that was a that was a very yeah, Obama really did have a pretty Im- impressive body count, obviously. When I was watching the Hastings Memorial, they had all these people come up and like he had some kind of new assistant. And I was just watching these people. I'm like, that's probably the spook. That's the informant. That's the one. I was just like, yeah. this guy was, I mean, he, he was, he made mistakes. So well, think- and, and his, his wife, his wife is another one that just kind of threw everything under the bus and has no interest in what happened to him. I mean, sure she doesn't. Yeah. Her, his first wife died in Iraq, I think. I think oh, God, Hastings' first wife died. So, like, she probably is like, oh, I don't want to be number three. I'm not going to do that. Well, we'll leave it at that for today, guys. It's a huge topic, and uh, there's so much to talk about. But I think we've we've covered a lot of interesting stuff and a lot of important stuff. So for the listeners and viewers, make sure to look into these things. I'll include some of the resources that we spoke about in the episode description, as well as the resources from our guests. So quickly, William, where can my viewers find you? I have a podcast or a broadcast, William Ramsey Investigates, some investigative journalism. My five documentaries are on Vimeo, and my books can be found on Amazon or at my website, WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. Beautiful. And uh, Donald, how about yourself? Well, I, I have two shows, uh, The Donald Jeffrey Show, which airs Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Ocelli.com, and then Jeff Rentz plays uh, the reruns, uh, America Unplugged plays the reruns. You can find it lots of places. As you're showing now my blog, my blog is uh, can be accessed at donaldjeffries.media, and, no, donaldjeffries.news, and my writings on Substack can be, which I write regularly there, can be accessed by donaldjeffries.media. So donaldjeffries.news, donaldjeffries.media, my books, uh, my sixth book is coming out next month. It's about showbiz. So you can look on Amazon or search it for me and you'll, you'll be able to find out all the information about my books. And, and you also have a new printing of uh, Hidden History, or no, Crimes and Cover. Yeah, that's that's actually Crimes and Cover. Okay, it's coming out. Yeah, October. So actually, the on borrowed fame, the Showbiz book is coming out. I think November first. The paperback of Crimes and Coverups, which features a new introduction by me, an updated introduction, and a new chapter as well. So it has extra material Great. coming out next month. So you know that has a forward by Ron Paul. So I'm very proud of that. Awesome. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time, and we'll be in touch soon, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, guys, okay? All right, take care. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks. Thank you.